0: Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast.
1: Today we're going to be talking about uh, Season 2, Episode 19, Manhunt.
0: Jean-Luc, shorty specs, mysteries on the holodex, asteroids, triple joys, telepathic beta zoids, transporter, deadly claw, visitor from LA Law, Photons, no Kirk, Captain has gone berserk, Shuttlecraft, Council
2: Troy, Dr. Crush's little boy, Klingon Rites, Parasites, new heights, phaser fights, data's head, Tasha's dead, Weike is hanging by a thread, celebration, transformations, everyone to battle stations. Please start the series next generation on your favorite station. We didn't start the series, but when we are gone, it still be We didn't
1: start the series. It's the next generation on your
0: favorite station. We didn't start the series. And um, for this delightful episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, we we brought back our authority on all things cool, or ironically cool, or maybe both at the same time. <laughs> Uh, Oslick returns to uh, the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi podcast. Oslick, thanks for joining us.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm <laughs> excited to be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it um, it sounds like you're in a Dixon Hill Hollow novel, and someone has just held you at gunpoint for um, for for Dix's last uh, you know, paycheck. It sounds like you're, yeah, uh, sounds like you're yeah. V- you're under duress a little bit.
2: Yeah, i i had to i had to turn up the change the parameters of the uh, of the program and the <laughs> computer still doesn't get it. <laughs> Variations <laughs> on a theme.
0: Um, so this is an episode that features "Walks on a Troy," uh, played by the uh, spouse of uh, of Gene Roddenberry, Majel Roddenberry, uh, Majel Barrett Roddenberry. Um, probably not the most beloved character uh, in star it's weird like some people love Waxana Troy and a lot of people don't <laughs> and I think on this podcast I remember a lot of people don't <laughs> is how I recall it is that right uh, Paul I think you've got strong feelings about Waxana yeah well
1: yeah <laughs> I mean yeah um I I feel like we're just we're just running right to the end of it but um i feel like she has a good arc once you watch all of it but i think when you watch tng kind of haphazardly as many of us did as kids um she just comes off as as not that great not a great character um Mm -hmm. and she doesn't really finish her arc in tng she she finishes in deep space 9 and has a pretty good arc
0: well yeah Um, and we've mentioned that in uh, this podcast before too um and i think we mentioned that pretty Pretty thoroughly. The last time she was on screen, do you, like, do you guys feel like in when this was the last time she was on? So, was on s- yeah. yeah, I was thinking about that. Waxana was, Osk, um, like, do you remember? I'm looking.
2: Yeah, I thought this was the first time they introduced the character, but nope. it's in it's in Haven. So, yeah, it's, oh, I thought it's
1: only been Haven. Yeah, yeah,
2: I think it's just Haven. So, there you get. And so the 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 s- backstory behind this episode is that the writer of Haven wrote this one but they changed a lot of the script and so he changed his name on the byline so that's why it's like he's continuing his character of Troy's mother hmm. um, but it's a it's a total farce i don't know what they ended up changing but it's like part of this like this it's he's it's, it's, it's like his baby his character that he's bringing uh, uh, bringing us to uh, bringing to light once more for everyone to see in well and, and it's just and it's about her and it's like do we need an entire episode about Lux on a Troy? And um,
0: it is really exclusively a vehicle for walks on a Troy. There's very little else that happens in this episode. And There's some
1: Dixon Hill, but she plays into that too.
0: Right? Yeah. She shows up. I mean, she, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's no, this there. Is, yeah, but this is
1: a Luxwana episode.
0: Yeah. Yep. And the Tracy Torme is the name of the, the writer um, who did go under a, a pseudonym uh keith mills and terry Devero, and i can't remember which one um he used for this one
1: uh Deborah.
0: okay yep and so this is also the last episode that uh that torme is on the writing staff he actually like he was so upset about how this script was handled that this i mean this was the catalyst
1: isn't this the second one that that this happened with because was that not the same story with the royale
0: yeah was i mean was he
1: the one that was on
0: the royale you well, know, that I would have to look up. but I'm, I'm looking it up, so. <laughs> but this is like, you know, th- you're, we're basically, we're getting a picture of, you know, we'll talk about the episode plenty here, but we're, we're getting a pretty consistent picture of what's going on in terms of the, the production of, of Star Trek The Next Generation. And there are writers with scripts and very strong feelings about them and things they want to do. And they're just getting messed with. And they're getting messed with kind of across the board. I don't have a lot of information about who did the meddling, but a lot of it could have been either Gene or um, um, or, or the showrunner, which I'm trying to remember his name real quick. We've mentioned him a couple of times.
2: Um, oh, who is it in season two? Um, I was going to say Robert Holmes, but that's another geek thing. Uh, it's not, we were uh. just
0: talking about him... Um,
2: <laughs> Hurley, uh, Maurice yeah, Maurice Hurley. Hurley, Maurice Hurley, Maurice yeah. Hurley. But <laughs> so,
1: so yeah, Tracy Torme did um, also did the Royale, but uh, penned it as Keith Mills as a protest against Maurice Hurley. They're his rewrites. There you go. So if this okay. is the second time in season two that he is doing that same thing, which you would never pick up because he's used two
0: pseudonyms. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um. So we may never know what this script looked like in its <laughs> in its original <laughs> format, but, but you know, I mean. <laughs> We only have what we have. This that's, is, that's right. This is that's it. <laughs> um, we got we got some fish people. Well, um, I mean, we, let's be fair. We got a- he <laughs> also wrote
1: Haven, right? This is he wrote Haven and thinks that was good, <laughs> right? And then but, he's getting again, rewrites Paul, and uh, protesting.
0: Devil's advocate <laughs> here. The Royale, maybe that was a masterpiece too. You know,
1: we did say that it it probably was better. Well, speculatively better when it was more surreal, which is what got written out. Right. Um.
0: I don't think this was more surreal. <laughs>
1: no, no, I don't no. think this one could get more surreal.
2: <laughs> no, this is this was really strange. This is just like right from the beginning. Uh, uh, yeah. So oh. the the, um, the is it uh, Antedans? Antedans show up
0: because mm-hmm. right? Ant- that's how it's it right? And one of them, I would like to point out underneath all of that stuff, Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac.
2: That's right. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay, well there you go. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so um, they—I mean, it's weird because uh, very clearly taking time out of his schedule to be a cameo role in Star Trek: The Next Generation, <laughs> and you would have—they could have n- they put. They they may not have even had to have had a person under there. They could have just wiggled the plastic. Yeah, in the for face. most of the episode. <laughs> you know. Well,
1: so let's talk about that start, right? Because they they beam them up and then they're all standing there in dress uniform, and they're and they're all like, "Oh, are they supposed to talk?" And they're like, "No, we know that they they come here in stasis." It's like, why are you in? Why one? Why are you in dress uniform? Two? Why is Picard even there? Yeah. Right? Well, it, he's it's there like they,
0: because it's, uh, you know, they're receiving uh, diplomatic, very important. Yeah, and then then they're like, yes, hey, it's...
1: do we have a place to storm? And Pulaski's like, mm, I was going to get to that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Just prop him up against the wall. <laughs> Just put him over there. Uh,
0: because otherwise you would not have had that delightful scene with uh, Waxana beaming up. And, and the line that she delivers, which I cannot believe but she uh, she actually says the last time I saw something like that it was served with sauce
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I mean like there's there is some really important conversations happening here that that are just completely buried about like s- what space racism looks like and I would like to highlight waxana Troy as uh number well, one and wes wesley crusher as as number two um, well but they have a heartfelt
1: Conversation. Uh, Wes has an honest conversation with Worf uh, later in the episode about racism, right? That sure. Yeah. Wes says something silly, and, and Worf says, "Is that how you think about me?" And Wes says, "You know, uh, to be honest, yeah, when I first met you." And then he kind of flubs it from there. But yeah, he's at least he's at least pitching that w- this newness, this otherness, Paul. is Paul. weird at first.
0: Paul kind yeah. of flubs it. He delivers no, kind of the twenty fourth century equivalent of. I have black friends um, <laughs> because he's li- like he basically pivots off of the like yeah no maybe at first I thought you were crazy weird looking and nightmare fuel but now <laughs> you're probably handsome for a Klingon or something <laughs> like is just well, and
1: how many Klingons has he met like
2: probably this that. one
0: and then a few just, others too just, just that guy yeah,
2: yeah.
1: the um, ones when they yeah yeah the ones from I don't know if he was in those episodes. The real question, but yeah, yeah, so he's I, trying.
0: I want to do this because again, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, it is presumed that you have watched this episode, uh, so you know the basic framework. But this is one of those rare episodes that we can we can frame this you know square really quickly because it's basically these fish people beam up. Um, they're going to a conference. Waksana hijacks her way to the conference too under the guise of being uh, an ambassador. But she's basically just there to get busy because she has uh some form of I guess
2: uh It's like she has backwards day menopause. Backwards <laughs> menopause. Yes. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that and and go. Like that's the episode. That's it. That's that's it. And the rest of it is they just they gave her a bunch of stuff to, to get into some wacky antics, I guess. They, yeah, uh, and Dixon Hill. Yeah, and Dixon Hill. And that and There's, that's it. I mean, There's yeah.
2: just some crazy, like, and and <laughs> the thing that I didn't notice when I first I ever first ever watched this as a kid, and I was like, maybe something's wrong with my TV, but I think they put like they put um, uh, uh, contact lenses in her to make mm-hmm. her pupils look gigantic. Well, they do like it it's for, complete, um, they're completely blacked out. Yeah, they do mm-hmm. it for it's,
0: Deanna it's, Troy as well. It's a Beta Z thing.
2: Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. I didn't ever notice that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like she was like um, uh, like on, on, um, on a cartoon when you give Bugs Bunny drugs <laughs> and his irises <laughs> open up. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, that whole host of Looney Tunes episodes—they're yeah. <laughs> all about Bugs Bunny doing drugs. No,
2: uh, no. What's the other one? Uh, the Simpsons when. Um, okay, when, yeah, uh, fair. That's yeah, fair. like when, they yeah. have like they see strobe lights or something like that, yep. and they, the, mm-hmm. their eyeballs grow. It's That's it fair. seemed like this it's like like completely hilarious, and no one ever mentions it, right? It's it looks like, like, oh, uh,
0: yeah, looks like Homer Simpson yeah. as Mr. Sparkle. You know, yes. Got it? Mm, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, it's um. So I guess the it's a beta Z trait that they don't have like irises to their eyes like be- like it's all pupil or something. I, I don't know. It's weird because like they they just or their the that colored part of their eye is just all black because uh they actually continue that even on uh, you know, throughout the rest of this series. But also there was a beta zoid crew member on uh, Star yes, Trek Voyager, uh, Suter, yes. uh, Lon Suter.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that is that is such a good set of episodes with Suter? Yeah, many episodes, yeah. many episodes of Suter.
0: And that guy, I mean, it, it looks—he's a kind of a character actor too, and kind of a you know, uh, genuinely can play a creepy-looking dude. But that guy with like these contact lenses and looks super creepy. So it is. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah. He's oh. yeah. I mean, he's basically a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like th- that's an interesting arc. but
0: Yeah. So well, I, I mean, never it, noticed that. it's yeah. it's consistent at least. But yes, you are right. That is a yeah. that is a thing. Makes them um, a really handsome race. <laughs> Such a handsome <laughs> race. <horse. laughs> um. So I want to talk about. I want to be complimentary to this episode because I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of it. Um. I'm. I'm not going to say that I'm going to advocate for this episode because, it literally doesn't matter. Like nothing that happens in this episode matters at all. Really. Um. They, they
1: maybe. Uh, I'll. Um. Maybe I'll do some double advocate here, but. The feel I got from the Antedans was that they're signposting um, what they did successfully. I think we talked about in Lonely Among Us with the Lizard People, Bear People, that this costuming is so shoddy, so <laughs> slap that uh-huh. like this one is signposted as, hey, this one's just for fun. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Nothing's important's going to happen. Like these guys don't matter. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to get there. Don't worry about it. I like would. that's kind of the read I got from the Antitons.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, um, and they don't I think I think if you were to watch this episode for the first time, at least, you know, I, I don't remember when I first watched it. But I think watching this the first time you would look at, at these aliens and be like, Pff, but expect them to be more involved in the episode, and they re- will really think aren't. about
1: Samaritan think yeah. about the Paclids and Samaritan snare that we just saw, right? Yeah. The Paclids makeup compared to this. Yeah. This is like a Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> a plastic much, yeah. mask and some like I, I don't even know what the the coats are made out of but
0: Yeah. They look like um they look like sparkly shower curtains that were like draped That's around a cardboard, fair enough. you know, circle cuz they've got those yeah. weird popped collars that like yep. you know basically make like the wardrobe could have been put together inside of. They 10 look minutes. like
1: when you were well, when you were kids, or maybe other kids, like if your parents homemade a costume and it was like a Coke can and it was out of cardboard and, yeah. and just yeah, shiny kind of what this looked other. like. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but I do wanna I do wanna point this out because this episode has um, a thing in it that we haven't seen a lot of up to this point, and it is um, it's the crew actually behaving like human beings because they're put in awkward situations and have to respond to them. Yeah. Um
2: it, it's 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 a, it's a sitcom.
0: Yeah. It, it very <laughs> yeah. much yeah. is. It would be yeah. like you put this yeah. up next to like an episode of ALF and like they would they would jive very nicely. Like there are clear oh, the man. only the only thing you don't have is is the in-studio audience. Cats. Yeah, that too. Yeah. You don't have the studio audience, you don't have the laugh track, and you don't have Alf eating cats. Otherwise, it's pretty much Alf. It's uh and maybe that's why I I kind of enjoyed it <laughs> because it's goofy. Like it's just it's it's weird, but it's goofy. Man,
1: I I felt like I was gonna get totally slammed for kind of saying the same thing. But I remember this being the worst and watching it again, I kind of really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, right. Yep, there it is. For fun,
1: yeah. for funsies.
2: Yeah, it it's fun. It's fun. It, it doesn't matter at all. The, but it's a, it's.
1: Yeah. I, you laugh though. You laugh throughout the episode.
2: I legitimately wow.
0: chuckled. Yeah. I I had some chuckles. Like I legitimately there there were a couple of moments, and I think I think the the part of this episode where I was like, you know what, whatever happens for the rest of the runtime of this episode, I can't be mad at it because this happened, and it's when he tried when when Picard gets duped into going into Waxana Troy's quarters. He believes he's going to be there for a a, a full dignitary ambassadorial dinner. Instead, she wants to get in his pants. Like, I mean, just straight up, you know, it's just like, oh, God, I am ambushed. You know, he's he's like a a cornered animal. He finds his first available opportunity for an out, pages data, gets data Mm -hmm. in there, Everything that happens from that point on is pure gold and it is punctuated by perhaps one of the best deliveries of any line I've seen comedically in this show, which is just, Picard stops, he lets out an audible sigh of relief when he is clear of the quarters, he actually like... The tension comes out of his shoulders. He turns to Data and he says, Commander, (laughs) you know, you will, you'll, you can never know how much I owe you for that. (laughs)
2: Like,
0: (laughs) like, I mean, he just, (laughs) and Data doesn't, he can't know because he doesn't doesn't possess the ability.
1: So I would say it was, it was just earlier in that same scene for me. It was when Picard walks into the room and is like, Hey, I brought some blue juice. Oh, and her, is it her page? Or, yeah, yeah, he's just like, Oh, good, and he just
0: chugs it,
1: and (laughs) Picard just stands there and is like, hey, you drank
0: all my blue juice. (laughs) And by the way, I'm going to say anything, but... I'm going to presume that that is, because they don't, they don't explicitly say it, but that specific jar and that color of blue juice is almost always used for Romulan ale. Romulan ale, yeah. yeah. So I'm presuming that this dude is just (laughs) chugging the most powerful booze in the galaxy and just taking it in stride like that but yeah. there's
1: there's a ton of that like prop comedy and yeah i mean yeah it, that i think is the point in the episode maybe the point where they beam him up and they say oh just problem against the wall but definitely <laughs> when he chugs the blue juice where yeah. i'm like okay this is off the rails anything goes this one's for fun
2: yeah it is no it's funny it's for sure funny uh, it, it's just like some of the jokes aren't some of the jokes don't make a lot of sense if you think about them so okay. she's supposed I'm to be an ambassador, and she's a te- she's a terrible you know she's a space racist. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know that sure. holodecks exist. Sure. Um, she, you know, it, uh, she doesn't demonstrate any sort of ambassadorial uh, qualities other than the fact that she knows that she has a, the status of an ambassador. Um, uh, the, it, you know, it's just sort of uh, like if you think about it, it, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, well, that, the, that no one. No one detected the Antedians and uh, their. I mean, she says, "Oh, you can't detect the explosive in their uh, in their clothes." But
1: and then Data checks
0: and he's like, "Oh yeah, I did detect that."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Immediately scans it. And finds sorry, Antidia. sorry, I didn't tell you about that. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there that um, you know, no, I see your point that it doesn't fit in a lot of like what we see out of Star Trek, but I've also, uh, you know. We don't know a lot about the planet Beta Zed, and um, (laughs) almost nothing. They really do a lot to paint the planet Beta Zed as this like weird, oligarchic, like throwback place that's just like especially all we see out of Walks on a Troy. Like she's very clearly um, a person who has gained notoriety and status and And largely just enjoys that for that, right? That like there's no yeah. substance to it, but yet she has this title. And yeah. I, I think that's kind of interesting because she doesn't like she fits so poorly with th- what the rest of the crew is, which are professionals who are explorers and diplomats and uh, you know, career paramilitary officers who have discipline. And then you have this person who's just like, she'd be here or she'd be at the yacht club you know like so she's just whatever man she's here and she's like the captain's cute he has nice legs i want to try to get on him and everybody (laughs) doesn't know how to react like there's even that scene on the bridge where Riker and uh wes and data are all like comparing notes and Riker's just like then this happened and then picard walks in and is like guys she's an ambassador so you know snap to a little bit
1: I thought that was I, I liked that scene, if only for the idea of um, at a very big picture level, it's a few guys sitting in a room talking about a woman, mm-hmm. and then another man coming in and saying, "Hey, like, don't do that. <laughs> like, she's an ambassador, treat her with respect, right? Yeah. Uh, and that that at a very high level is just a good thing to have as, as an example in a television show. Like, sure. Yeah. Sure. I but, thought that was really different from what I've seen so far in Star Trek. Yeah. Especially I mean, from so, this all-male writer's room. So yeah. he
2: breaks yeah. – yeah, he breaks that up. But I think part of the thing that we – this is the – and this, if, if there's anything that's a running theme in Star Trek, uh, maybe this is even the first episode that we point out, is that Picard's really uptight. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. everyone's trying to, like – they have to trick him to get him laid. And so <laughs> this is like <laughs> – He's—he just has—and so this is one of the like the first like—and he, he really dislikes it. He doesn't like dealing with these sort of like personal issues, uh, if we mm-hmm. might call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, the next time this happens, uh, Riker has to trick him in uh, in, uh, in 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 Captain's Holiday uh, seasons from now. Um, and by the way, when when Troy is explaining to everyone in the in in, in Riker's uh, in 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 Picard's ready room about how the uh, the. <laughs> The beta Z uh, sexual uh, uh uh sexual desire increases yeah four mm-hmm. times Riker's face I mean he this Riker is yeah he has it's this, like, like a reaction grinned. video
1: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's spectacular like, Jonathan Frakes is having so much fun in that scene
0: yeah yeah I mean and it, it to me that scene absolutely also was another one where I'm like all right I can't be mad at this episode I cannot because uh troy's actually really good in that too marina sirtis just totally like deadpans it right like she just Mm -hmm. you know the it's it's this like classic like they have this volley back and forth where troy sets it up then Riker pipes in and he's like oh yeah no totally this is a thing like i remember you were telling me when we first started dating yeah like four times the sex drive and then she just or more and he just turns it's that turn (laughs) that he looks at her and and you know more and then she's like I didn't want to frighten you (laughs) and it's just I was like oh I I'm 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 in love with this scene like whatever again the the there's lots to the episode to not like and there's there's things that don't work but (laughs) when you're in that moment it's just you can't help but grin the same grin that Riker has because he's like well okay uh And, and Picard, again, gets that chance to be super stuffy. You know, the I am not amused, Commander. And he, yeah. what I love about that is Riker does not stop grinning even after kind of getting dressed down for it. He's just like, nope, don't care. This is awesome.
1: Well, to stick with the Riker, later when Riker, when uh, Luxmana comes to the bridge and says, like, Riker will be my husband now. Even then, he's like, all right, like, this sounds like it could be fun for a little bit. And then Troy is going to go chase after her, and he says, "No, no, just let her be." <laughs> like, she's having fun. I'm having fun. Whatever. Like Riker is having fun here, and and yeah. Jonathan Frakes does a really good job of of showing those situations where Riker is having fun, um, without words. Right? He mm-hmm. has these great expressions that just, yeah, sell them. It. Yeah,
2: it's it's like it's it's and and it's funny that they go back to the '40s too, because I I really want. Uh, Luxon to try to be like, well, now see here, Mister, I'm gonna go and <laughs> just wanted to like break into like the old timey uh, '40s, uh, uh, you know, uh, sassy lady voice, um, and then it's almost like that, and like everyone else is trying to play it really straight, and she's. Just going uh, ham on this episode, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's the I guess like it's like watching like I it, it getting these flashbacks between like uh, the sort of season two for me is like let's see if we can put some '60s things in here. So let's put a irascible doctor in the entire season. This is like let's introduce a hilarious character who would make a lot of sense on the Love Boat, but right. not <laughs> on like Star Trek. Oh boy, yeah. And let's see or, what uh, happens Fantasy Island, put, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's basically she's like a like. It's basically the first, ep- like, the beginning of a Love vote episode where, it's like, this, uh, you know, uh, uh, divorcee, she's a tur- she's in her midlife, and she's looking to have some fun. And they're, like, checking all the boxes, and they're trying to set up, and, then, and hijinks ensue. But it's Star Trek. And so, it's yeah. like, what happens if you stick this character in another show? Um, well, and, you know, different port call, she sort of makes fun of the natives, um, and it's... <laughs> it's sort of funny. I mean I, I, I get it like that.
0: Well, um, and I want to ask this too because you' you're, you're making a really good point here in terms of like this sticks out a little bit more because it is it's it's Star Trek here. but I want I want to ask this question and just see what you guys think. Is it because it's Star Trek or is it because it's Star Trek the Next Generation? because put this <laughs> in the how would this gel in the original series? I mean, I think it might be closer right just be a tuesday oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah
2: it make it would be like a mud women episode or something right. like that right or right. you play it for for laughs um yeah. but even then like things happen you know that's a it's a galactic importance i guess mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but this one is sort of yeah, uh, yeah it happened <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah if anything like <laughs> if
0: anything i suppose the thing that's really weird about this episode is just how incredibly low stakes everything is um
1: well and I, I've been pitching that a lot throughout, that that they sometimes have trouble with scope and stakes and, mm-hmm. and some other things. But when they try to make things higher stakes than they are, they they whiff at that pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and the places we've seen them succeed sometimes are those where they announce that it's low stakes and then
0: run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can work. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, it um, I- if anything yeah I could see this go if they tried the other direction and I could almost see the plot thread of the Antedians with their, their, their plan to overthrow uh, this conference I could see that being a consistent B plot you know narrative underneath this episode and failing pretty hard right like I, I just don't yeah. think tonally that that yeah. would
1: work y- they definitely pin this right to do this as a really really soft B plot yeah the Antidians the, they might what might have f- five six minutes of screen time
2: yeah, Tops. probably. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just it's just the frame to get an, for the. It's an excuse to have Troy show up on the ship. Yep. When they created an excuse for her to show up on the ship anyway, so it's like we could have cut that out. Um, mm-hmm. If if there's a B plot, it's sort of this larger like. You, and you you will, you both talked about this already, where it's like, what are humanity's last prejudices? Oh, it's because mm-hmm. you know we're Locust, or whatever it is. Um, and Data points it out, and Worf mm-hmm. points it out, um, but then Worf is the but he plays it like it's a joke. Um, and he has this, like, you know, uh, it's the good tea, nice house Worf, right? Where he's, like, just yeah. staring. Like, what a handsome race. Even <laughs> even now they have a... What does he say? Like, they have a certain dignity.
0: Uh, yeah, like them. a quiet dignity or something. Mm-hmm. About them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. It's I, it's just... It's...
1: It, it's almost the... It's the the Rikers' omelets, right? Where Worf's just like, <laughs> it's good food. <laughs> 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 right? That... It's it's painting that picture of Worf's otherness as well that, yeah, you know,
0: well, and I don't think they're afraid to use Worf um, as comic relief. Uh, I think we'll see actually a pretty decent amount of that um, coming up. You know, I can I can think of the episode where they were trapped inside of a, a medieval. Um, you know, Robin Hood story. And, uh, you know, he, he takes the loot and smashes it against the tree and hands it back to Jordy because Jordy's yeah. just trying to strum. Yeah. You're like, hey, check me out, you know. Uh, yeah. So I think I think this is us seeing them, you know, kind of continue to mold that formula. And I, I think and, it oh, is one that works.
2: And that's a good point because in this episode, he, he actually, he responds to Luxana. It's like, you know, you're primal, right? And he's like, I like that in the man. And he's like, I am not a man.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that was a weird line
0: (laughs) yeah but (laughs) i mean was he yeah i i it struck me saying i'm
1: not a human i suppose a human human.
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean
1: you're human trapper keeper
2: right
0: yeah i i think i think the answer to that probably would have been too complex so they went with something that was just like you know i'm not a man but i i think later we'll we'll start to discover wharf's uh reasons for being reticent uh to be romantic um there's uh I forget what episode that is there's a good conversation it's, he it's has it's with Guinan
2: oh it might be the very next episode isn't it
0: it may oh yeah you're shh, right shh, yeah. I
2: want yeah. That spoilers quick uh, the next one <laughs> <laughs> quick shout
0: out to our next episode which will be the emissary yeah um yeah it may very well be yeah so um yeah, it was it was nice to kind of have him there. Um it would have been interesting to see <laughs> to see her try to pursue him maybe, but you know, there's not time because she's well, off to the next guy. Yeah,
1: and and I think I think you kind of alluded to it that that I mean, this is one of the places where she kind of shows a bit of racism there that she's yeah. like, "Yeah, you kind of check all the boxes, but I don't date Klingons."
0: Yeah, right? Like
1: yeah. and it's yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely showing that and it's showing that you know she has some of these prejudices
0: as well the, um, the one thing right? I want to point out too that that I think you know there's a lot of choices being made in this episode and one that I thought was an interesting choice um, w- and I wonder if they were doing this purposefully or not but the juxtaposition of like gender role in this episode is actually kind of fascinating um, mm-hmm. because Waxana is very clearly also sexist and um, She's like racist and sexist, but in a way that would be very common to be seen in a in a in a man uh, in television of the era, right? Like just oh yeah, I'm just looking for you know this is my type, you know, and I'm like uh, Mm -hmm. you know I'm just I'm, I'm trolling for this type, like that is exactly what she's doing, and I think it's actually really fascinating to see it here because this is not a thing you would see. Um, in a lot of '80s television, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean. That being said, it's still like, if we're, I really loathe to uh, put too too find a uh, 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 too much thought into this, sure. because this is uh, this is fun. But it's um, you know, if the woman is going to be sexual, she's a predator. Yeah, and yeah. Cannot be stopped, right? Men are just trying to fight her off. We have, we can't control it. Like well, women and
1: she's literally telepathic, yeah. right? She's, yeah. She's...
2: But sure, but telepathy doesn't work. Yeah. Except yeah. In this episode, which is, yeah. I mean, so you know, um, yeah, um, but it's a, I, you know, it's she really is, she really is a '60s, late '70s, maybe early '70s television character that they've plopped in, and mm-hmm. she plays it as if they write. Um, you know, they're like, okay, pretend that you're, you know, you just showed up on the Dick Van Dyke show, you know, and you're the guest star. And everyone else is going to go about their daily life but you're there to disrupt it. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it's and it's funny. Um, and we get to see, I think, you know, if if anything, um, yeah, I you know, it does talk a little, the show, the episode does point out a little bit in terms of uh, gender roles and it does talk about uh, what it means to pursue and passion and what, you know, what uh, men and women want out of their sexual relationships, but it's like, what are the ways in which each of these characters are funny? Okay, well, what are they good at, right? And 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 we get to see the da- we get to see data in a much more refined, funny version of himself, right? Yeah, um, which we'll see over and over again. Um, you know, it's uh, 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 where he sort of um, and he and Picard have this great uh, 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 straight man. Um, uh, uh, humorous relationship right I mean I don't know how to describe it exactly but um, it happens again like uh, uh, in in, uh, later seasons where uh, you know Data will be asked to uh, he'll act very robotic and Picard will be uncomfortable by it, but here he's using this. as certain nice play. They play off of each other really well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Worf when he does puts on the suit pan. too,
1: when Data puts on the suit, <laughs> where he says, yeah. "Riker, can I just have a few minutes?" And then he's like, "I <laughs> uh-huh. want to change clothes because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, it, that's heartfelt." Yeah, he's
2: curious. Yeah, he's curious about you know. It's very Data. To, he's played dress up in uh, in the holodeck. Yeah, every, everyone indulges him, right? Even mm-hmm. Picard mm-hmm. will do it later on. Well, and, yeah. and
0: there is that too that. Um, I think the there is something kind of magnetic about seeing data, th- not quite feel because obviously he can't feel, but get a sense of uh, acceptance. You know, almost. Um, you you see that part of his his personality basically, where it's like you know, obviously he's not overjoyed because you know he doesn't experience the emotion, but he really, really, really likes the idea of being included. Um, and and yeah, you give yeah. him you give him you know just that one piece of a cookie and he's there for the whole thing you know and i think yep. i think that is really it's it's again it's really charming about the character because you're like he's just he he wants it he wants to be part of the team so bad yeah. that it, yeah. just the the moment that that opportunity is there he takes it too far um and he does it twice in this episode right i mean yeah. once by design because that's what Picard you know is is calculating when he shows up and will steal the dinner conversation and <laughs> picard can escape <laughs> um mm-hmm. and then once when they you know go get the captain and he's like wait but we have to be you know dude can i have mm-hmm. just five minutes you know it's it's right it's very charming
1: well and i, do, I don't want to go past that the earlier point you made of of there's some interesting gender stuff here and it's hard to say what they were really thinking in the writer's room if they sort of backed into this or mm-hmm. or if it is just yeah I, I, what they got out of it um it would yeah i would really love I I have a lot of friends who teach in gender studies departments. I'd love to get their take on, you know, what this episode looks like and what it, especially from the 1980s, late 80s um, perspective. Um, And like you could potentially teach a class on this or show this in a class and maybe get something out of it. Right. Because there is that role flip that I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about it. Because right. They, you're right, they have this and and if you flipped the genders, it would be much more in keeping with the kind of stereotypes of the time and and certainly of earlier. Uh, you could call this you know, it would be lady killer and it's basically any episode with Riker when he starts acting weird later or yeah you know, um yeah. Or, 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 or or Okana, right outrageous outrageous Okana is basically uh-huh. that episode. He shows up and he's like, "Hey, ladies, and um right. <laughs> That's the episode. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, and then that it's a it's a it's the quality of his charm, right? Yep. Which is which we which we then say, well, he's it's just boys being boys. But yeah. this is a biological drive, right? Sure. And I think this is what's what's sort of strange about this, or what's sort of off-putting, and what sort of fits in with lots of gender stereotypes. When women are, yep. you know, when they go out on the prowls because they want to put you know they want to put babies on them or whatever it is right and, yeah, yeah. and i think that's sort of what we and, and it's played for a farce right i mean they're they're doing it up no one's thinking hard about this in terms of its critical pos- positioning i would i would say mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and you know it's supposed to be silly right and and it's you know it's it's almost like Oh, it, you know, we could, we could think of any other situation where they, like, accidentally give one of the characters a drink and then they become, you know, be careful, you shouldn't drink that. It'll make you four times hornier than you were before. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you know. You know, um,
0: you know what this is like, <laughs> actually? This is almost like, um, it's, it's really weird you bring that up. This is almost like the Naked Now, except she's literally, yeah, she's literally the only person on the ship who actually is affected by it. So, you know, yeah. it's not because there's some sort of weird space almost kind of space drunk thing happening to everyone ship wide it's just this is all focused on one person yeah Yeah.
1: so the the thing i wish i knew i had a better feminist perspective on is is how this is kind of a flip of the the script and stereotypes but then they still play off stereotypes Mm -hmm. and yeah where does this fit where does this episode fit what can you learn from this what is the lesson if there is one
0: and they' you know i don't isn't. I don't think there,
2: they get any, there are. they don't really get any better, I mean even all the way to the last, they have crusher falling in love with a candle I mean this isn't <laughs> <laughs> and even then troy I mean the one episode where Troy's like she gets prematurely aged because uh because of some magic crystals, I mean it's still the same stuff, it's like yeah. it's yeah. just like you know. Oh, where well, space forces uh, make women horny, or it's just cr- you know. Uh, um, so <laughs> it's like
0: I'm sorry, I have to back <laughs> up and just spend a little bit more time with Crusher falls in love with a candle um, because that may be the best synopsis of of any single episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation I think I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> and next time on <laughs> West <laughs> falls Crusher in love falls with, a in a with a candle, and the dead grandma electrocutes. Uh, uh, Jordy. <laughs> 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 That's good. Good, good. good God. <laughs> I'm st- I b- I call I, I call dibs now. Jason Navarro, that's my episode. Yep. I'm telling you now. Yep. <laughs> hi, Jason. Tell you now. Wait, is this
1: the second? Did we just did we say hi to Jason last week too? I think we did. Well, here we go. Good, good on you, Jason.
0: He's uh he's now the most I'm beloved at you again. recurring character on our yeah. It's, it's when he's not on on this podcast, people are asking about him. So we maybe we yeah. can't stop talking about. He's him, gonna right. get a oh, huge man. ego now uh, about that. Uh, do, you, yeah. do you
2: guys get e- do you get emails? You should read the emails. On, uh, on, like an episode where yes. you respond to the questions. Yeah.
1: Email us, everyone. We, we, uh, yes. Yes. Long in the short of it, yes.
0: Yeah. So you can uh, email Paul at and then the uh, website address or Jason at uh, you know again hi fi sci fi podcast com. You can also get on our Facebook page or our Twitter. We have been very bad about reading those. That
1: um, that sounds like a pre recorded message, but this is not the end of the episode, listeners. No, it's oh, not. Yeah. No, no.
0: Um, <laughs> we will actually we're rapidly approaching the end of season two, and I think uh, a mailbag would be uh, in store for uh, for that. So yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to sneak one of those in there.
1: So the picard stuff here well maybe i don't want to go to the picard stuff the, the luxwana stuff okay <laughs> we'll go there next the much. luxwana stuff is is interesting because when you paint this picture of all of tng um again to go back to maybe the, well the first point i made that i, I luxwana is poorly handled in tng um sure. in, in, in a number of ways um, and it is. It's strange that it takes Deep Space Nine and and presumably a, a very different writing staff to then take the character and say, let's close this arc and let's let's talk about what this character's feelings are and what the what motivates this character and um, how much of this is is a show and how much of this is actually Lexxwana and what what are yeah, her. Yeah. Um, you know what are her fears, and and what what are the things that are not the pomp and circum uh, the, all, all the the showiness part of this?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, they do they do a, they have one episode later on in, uh, in TNG where um, they explore her. Uh, f- there's a family story. I oh yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, want yeah. to yeah, yeah, spoil it because it's the whole point of the episode. Yes, but, yeah, um, that one. Yeah, but yeah no spoilers but, on that. Yeah, one. they they do follow through on that. But every you know every time th- every time else she shows up, it's just it's yeah. a farce, right? Yes. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and 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 she's I mean, it, but she does demonstrate competence if you in a Star Trekky kind of way later on in, in future episodes where there where she can well, where she uses her ambassadorial skills and her uh, she her almost, seductiveness right um, she
1: almost comes off as a character in in a lot of ways this almost feels <laughs> follow me almost feels like a Q episode. Um, because she has powers and and not just telepathic powers and, and ambassadorial powers. Um, like d- d- Picard can't do things to Q because Q has powers and Q just won't let him. Right. Um right, P- right, there's right, lots right, of places right. in this episode where Picard if if there's a this was a, a member of his crew, he would, you know, talk them talk to them and tell them to stop. But he he can't. He has to do with these things diplomatically. Um, and and it's interesting to see Picard put in this this weird situation where he's struggling with things, and again he's struggling with these, uh, this personal side of things on his own behalf, instead of struggling with some threat to the ship. This this is sort of different and a different side of Picard uh, that we get to see him struggle, uh, and that that is different. Well, I mean, and I it's, it's, it's great, also
0: it's also nice because he's very bad at it. Right? Like, we yeah. don't... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't get He's to about as
1: successful as handling Q, <laughs> <Hugh>, right? Because... <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. He... Um, it, it's almost like he... um, You know, this this episode says a lot about him and builds that narrative that, like, he... You know, the air of command is very important to him and you put him in a situation where uh, it's not logical and instead it's just kind of a torrent of, of emotion. It's not his... It's not his... Arena, like he's beyond his depth. <laughs> he does not yeah. know what to do with raw passion. Yeah. You know, yeah, this is not, yeah. not or, or a white. situation
1: where someone just doesn't respect the captain. Yeah, right? That, right. that that there's a hierarchy here that that he usually has this respect out of his title. And if, if someone comes on and they're an ambassador and they just say, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play around and you know I'm gonna have a little bit of laughs at your expense here and there and I'm gonna kind of do what I want and I'm an ambassador, uh, he doesn't know how to handle that super well. Yeah. And it's, that's that's yeah. good to see that uh, that sort of flaw from him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then yeah, and uh, I think this is a good way to get into the other stuff with Picard. He really doesn't know how to have fun. Mm-hmm. Like no. he just has no idea how to do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and he's, he's actively crying. <laughs> he
1: escapes, he is, tries to escape the yeah. problem by going to the holodeck,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and right? And he doesn't. That's I mean, it. it's funny that the computer finally has to tell him, "Dude, have you read these books? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, right. Do
1: you know how these books end?" <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I say?
1: So I was looking up because I thought the first guy who tries to shoot him, and then I guess the third guy, um, uh, Slade Bender is the The character's name, I was like, man, that guy looks familiar. What else is he in? The actor's name is Robert Costanzo. And let me tell you, one of the longest IMDb pages I've seen. And any, like, name a TV show from now to TNG and a bit before. There's a really, really good chance he was on one and only one one episode of that series. You scroll down this page and it's everything, one episode. He just pops in one episode, and then he's done. Working and character and actor, right? There. Yeah. yeah, it's like, man, that's crazy. Yep,
0: yep, yeah. Yeah, he's another one of those that guys, uh, basically. Yeah, yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we get to see Gawron, I think, for the first time, but not as Gawron. He plays another one of these toughs uh, in the holodeck. Really? No way. Yeah. Uh, what's his name with the big eyes? Uh, uh, that's uh, the. Um... <laughs> What's his name? Wow! Uh, what, what's the name of the actor? I'm uh, trying to remember uh, who. Um,
0: that's crazy. Um, yeah. Is it? Uh, I'm looking it up now. Robert. Robert O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. The side by side. You're
0: right. It's the eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because he Holy has probably cow. the most recognizable eyes in, <laughs> in Star Trek. You know, the Gowron crazy eyes. We'll see those here very soon. Yeah. Huh. Good, uh, good poll. Nice. Wow. Um. So I want to talk about the resolution of this episode a little bit, because this is obviously <laughs> where the, the Dixon Hill stuff and the Picard stuff comes crashing into the Walks on a Troy stuff. Um. Yeah, she clearly doesn't know what a holodeck is. We've talked about that, but yeah. I, I. the the not only does she not know what a holodeck is. But there's a different <laughs> level of l- lack of perception. Like, if this was Dungeons and & Dragons and you were like, roll a perception.
2: <laughs> um, that's know, a critical fail.
0: That's a cr- critical fail. I mean, it came up as a one. There's internal combustion cars and internal combustion engine cars on the street. There's no technology. That, I mean, like, a- and she just wanders in and her only comment is like, I can't believe you let this part of the ship get this dirty
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> like what wait
0: what <laughs> yeah. that well, must be
2: it, her you're the you're the classiest broad we've ever had in this joint you see
0: yeah rex is and uh rex <laughs> is really playing this up that's for sure there's, there's there's been other
1: situations too where um boy has it been luxwana that has said like she can't read data or was it i feel like somebody but at, at this point has said like Data doesn't exist from a telepathic standpoint. That maybe that be, comes up later.
0: That was Deanna. Um, I think Deanna okay. Troy has said that. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: But So she gets this hologram and she's like, boy, there's not a person here. And that's intriguing. And I guess it would be intriguing if you really thought there was a person. But you're right. The perception role to figure out, like, hey, maybe this person's not real seems like it would be, you know, pretty low DC. Right.
0: Right. Well, and, and I, I would. Th- <laughs> yeah, if you think about that for more than a couple of seconds, it it does. This is the part that probably does start cra- come crashing down pretty fast because um everything that they kind of say about you know you're dealing with telepathic ability. So it's all just kind of, you know, whatever. Um mm-hmm. y- you can make it up as you go along cuz telepathy, you know. Ugh. But they they have tried to establish some rules and I believe like the Ferengi are an example of a, of a race that can't oh, yeah, be probed, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's not that they're not aware of them. It's just that they can't perceive their thoughts. It's it's yeah. not, I mean, yeah, you're right, Paul. Like, not getting any sense of, of at all of a being that's in front of you when you're telepathic yeah. can would I s- be can weird.
1: Can I say, though, um, that Rex has maybe my favorite line, certainly my favorite line of this episode, <laughs> um, when he's having a conversation and Picard goes to say, like, oh, and this is Rex, and then like, I don't know if I know your last name, and, he's, and he kind of cocks his head to the side and says, not sure I have one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just Rex, and it's just that's this, all.
1: Yeah, like, just Rex, and it's this weird, like, self-perception, self-awareness on a level that, like, maybe I am a hologram, or like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a computer program, and I'm supposed to be real, but I don't think this real person has a, na- a last name. That was never <laughs> in the books it's yep. just a really fun delivery of that that line i love that line
0: yeah 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 don't don't know that i have one just ricks that's all <laughs> you know ricks. just do to do 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 so let's talk about <laughs> la, la, chicks. La. keep <laughs> cleaning these glasses <laughs> <laughs>
1: let's not dwell on that
0: yeah and uh so they they have the perfect walks on a trap um and then it, uh, it, all, it all comes apart there pretty quickly.
1: Ooh, one more thing in the holodeck. And this is, a I, I think, a, I, well, I think I have an answer. But so Picard, they're, they're smoking in this bar. And Picard uh, is given a cigarette and is, is smoking a cigarette. And he holds it in a way like if someone handed you a cigarette and said, like, hold this for me, you might do. Even when he's sitting at the bar and, like, presumably in between smoking it or not. Yeah. And the question I had was, does Patrick Stewart not know how to hold a cigarette? Which I cannot believe is the case. <laughs> or does Patrick Stewart recognize that Jean-Luc Picard would not understand how to hold a cigarette and is then acting in character, even in that small minutia? Oh yeah, how Picard would oh, be? Yeah, it's got to be the
2: latter. That's, yeah, that's how like, I
0: read that, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I was like, wow, that is a great read on that character <laughs> that picard would have no idea what this is or what to do with it like you put it in your mouth and then hold it but if that's all you know like you'd hold it in this weird way that isn't really the way you would ever hold it
2: yeah i well, thought that was just yeah, such a good whole, touch from yeah. picard that, ho- that whole set where yeah, that whole Stewart. conversation he's like okay now i've got to pretend that i'm in uh um, oh yeah, yeah yeah i'm trying really hard and then they act like it's you know we shouldn't go to war, and he's like, "Well, actually, no, it's important." And and you know, and he's trying to get in there, and he's like, "Oh, uh, Jimmy Cuzo, oh, he was from that book, right? Right, Rex, right? Right, Madeline, right?" <laughs> and like, turns like <laughs> they don't know what's going on, and he says the name of the thing out loud, and Madeline's like, "Jesus Christ!" Like get your act together. Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: Well, the other thing, I mean, they really play up a lot of those fish out of water elements because this is also the, uh, the last Dixon Hill episode that I remember um, was the one where they gave Beverly uh, chewing gum. Right. And she, Mm. uh, she just takes the gum and swallows it, you know? So (laughs) I I read this as like the same style choice, right? Where they're like, yeah, smoke this. And he's like, okay, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And then he also completely forgot about, uh, you know, Rex gave him the, hey pal, how about some some cash, you know? <laughs> and he's yeah, like, and what, he what the hell does this mean? You know, what's, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> why is he making this strange sign? Oh yes, money. So I think yeah, uh, I
1: forgot to make some in the replicator before I came in here. Yeah,
0: I yeah. Th- I think you're seeing a pretty accomplished actor just goofing yeah. with the fact that like, okay, I'm am a 24th century spaceman and now I'm in the 40s. <laughs> so what the hell do I know about any of this stuff? Yeah, yeah. So they um. They do leave the holodeck. Walks on. And is like, I'll be back for you, Rex. <laughs> um, <laughs> they break it to her, you know, later. Um, and so then they resolve the the whole episode by being like, "Yo, bombs in their coats, uh, arrest them." <laughs> that's right. Well, and, and that's they don't, so that, they don't that, try
2: that. to set them off, no. which I think, yeah. they, I could have like, why not? You were going to do it anyway, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Presumably, right after they materialized on the, uh, down on the planet, yeah. Yep.
1: And you'd think that, like, Worf pulls up a phaser, you'd think that shooting them with a phaser would <laughs> probably trip them off. Yeah. Yeah, you would think. But, but so, this is, goes back to the point that I said, I had a point about Luxwana, and I made that one a public card. but she's painted as this, this sort of, the telepathy gives her so large of a power advantage over everyone else that she could do these things flippantly, that an entire ship of people can't do it all mm-hmm. that she just mm-hmm. there they've been standing there being like well about to teleport these bombs down do 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 and she <laughs> walks into the room and it's like those are diplomats they're assassins well, like she put them even, in the brig
0: yeah to one one step further too she even um she's so flippant that she doesn't even say like oh god you gotta act she's like oh they're still here you know like, yeah, that's, like you that's you haven't she figured this
1: it. out yet yeah <laughs> like yeah. yeah she's exceptionally flippant and and demonstrates this that like she only has to try one percent of the time and can outperform all of them with this crazy telepathy. <laughs> right. Right. The, that's the power advantage you get with that. Yeah. And yep. it, it paints a really interesting picture of, um, you know, sort of how boring that life would be in a lot of ways. That that she says, you know, um, but I think when talking about Rex, that usually I know, um, I think she says, I, usually I know men's thoughts before they have them or something like that. That that having telepathy would make things. Pretty boring in a lot of ways.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then that's basically it, right? Um, yeah, they
1: just take the enten somewhere, and
0: you yeah. know, and, and yeah, they literally, go, da, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. The, the jazz
2: hands. This,
0: this, the the <laughs> episode ends, and more or less, they give Waxana the longest dematerialization process ever because she gets to make a crack on the way out, right? <laughs> She's like, like uh, "Yeah, teleport me out slow, Chief." Yep, I, I, take <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's the thing where she slipped him some some made up Betazoid space bucks, like <laughs> under the under the console, and I was like, "Yeah, be, teleport me out, slow, Chief." Nice. <laughs> and then that's it. Then they warp off, and and that's uh, that's that. That's Manhunt. Um, oh, man. Fun fact: that uh, the planet where all this is happening, the uh, Pacifica this is the second time that we've heard that name and the second time that it will ever appear. Uh, it was the place they were supposed to be going to, um, in that first season episode with the bug people invasion. Um, the, uh, conspiracy, they were supposed to be headed to, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were supposed to be headed to Pacifica in conspiracy. (laughs) And instead, man, what a rabbit hole. We went down there. Um, so yeah we we see Pacifica again uh I don't believe it's referenced again in uh in Star Trek um not much background on this one other than it's clearly a vehicle for uh for a Troy Rob Bowman was the director um he was he was fairly fond of it um he basically said the the direction he was given was spend all your time with Majel Barrett uh it's her episode uh Majel Barrett Roddenberry <laughs> speaking
1: um, of there's that scene where she talks to the computer which i feel like is basically fan fiction she's literally <laughs> right. talking to herself <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly um which yeah it's just meta so meta yes meta fan fiction
0: yeah so i you know we, i asked before we started talking about this episode where everybody was at and everybody was kind of like "Buh." this episode. But I I feel like Paul you you bravely came forward and and said, you know, eh, I kind of had fun with this one. So, and I kind of did too. Um, so now, well, how do we call it? What do we do?
2: Well, I I'll, I'll say this. I'm going to be Picard mm-hmm. and you don't always have to have fun. I don't know what to say like it's great like you sit down and you really spend the time to go through it and you're like this was this was nice it's like a nice little you know uh, it cleanses the palate Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's like other episodes in the season like outrageous Okona like what was the point (laughs) you know it's just let's bring on some dude uh, just to throw everyone off (gasps) and uh, they sort of it just doesn't seem like it really fits Um, and I think in some ways if you're interested, like, so I'm really interested in the Luxwana Troy episodes because they range in between being really terrible and being really great. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, mm-hmm. and I like the Troy romance episodes cause they're universally terrible. <laughs> yeah. Always. Um, but like, you know, when they try to do love stuff on star Trek early on, especially it just, it's sort of, you know, it's sort of weird. Um, and this is one of those like, uh, people have you know the only time you're ever going to have a relationship or a sexual relationship with someone is if your primal urges take over and picard is your quintessential 24th century guy and i'm like i'm telling you internet you know all all you people out there you don't have to have fun <laughs> you, can, you can move on. So hard we'll pass,
0: fine. don't have fun, bah humbug. Got
2: it. <laughs> okay. Right. I mean, no, I, you'll enjoy it. It's just, uh, you know, if I were telling someone who's never seen it and you're like, uh, I've already slugged through what are pretty, eh, like, do I want to watch another one of these episodes that I've seen before? Sure. There are probably better ones to watch. Sure. Um, um, but it's, you know, when you go back and you watch it again and you watch Star Trek by theme, and you pick out. I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna watch all of the Troy's episodes. Uh-huh. You know, it, you, then you do that. Or if I'm gonna watch all the episodes with Dixon Hill in them. Or I'm all. You know, I'm gonna watch all the episodes where, uh, Warf is the comic relief or something <laughs> like that. Then I think it makes a lot of sense. Like when you put them together in that way, but not as a uh, episode one to the end of the season episode. I think it's uh, only completionists would do it like that. That's a.
0: That's an interesting. Th- I think this is the first time we've had a take like that where it's like it's a no. But here's a bunch of machete order stuff you can do to, to I guess, get something out of it. So oh, yeah. This,
2: this is how I watch Voyager. I mean, yeah. I can't stand it from the beginning to the end, but I'll pick out, okay, I want all the episodes where uh, the Doctor is the main character, sure. which is like half of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's or a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I want to watch all the ones where they have to drink, um, you know, where, it has, where, where the characters play Kataskhan. You know, just, just, nice. just you know... Just to break, you know, to to break up the monotony of the uh, of the of the way that I guess the arc was supposed to operate, because I want to see something interesting. And <laughs> I think the Troy ones, when you put them together, the Troy family episodes are interesting if you take them as a group, uh, hmm. but not beginning. Is I got to watch all the episodes from the beginning of the season <sighs> to the end. Yeah. I think you could have, you know, if you were nineteen eighty nine, whenever this came out, and you were like, oh man, I gotta, you know, um, I don't know what people were doing back then. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch Ninja Turtles. You watch Ninja Turtles instead, you know? Like, uh. Yeah.
0: V- put on an episode of Golden Girls. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Paul, a lot of times I'll throw it to you after I ask the guest. I am going to instead give you the choice. Would you like to render your verdict now, or would you like to. Yeah, I'll go me? in the normal order. Okay. I'll go in the normal
1: order. All right, all right, so I'll what? I'll give you the last. Because I, I don't. Yeah, because I, I, I think well we were talking about it uh after we recorded the last episode we were we looked at the next four episodes and we're like man those are easy and and in the document we kind of had a um that we both had said skip before the season started yeah and and again rewatching this episode i it it feels like a different episode than the one i remember um maybe because i am just looking at it that fun way um but you do make a good point, Oslika, that, you know, this, and I, I talked about it earlier, this is more or less outrageous Okana with with a gender s- swap, right, that that you flip the roles. Um, it, but uh, there's one important difference between this and Okana, I think, well, there's many, but one I'll touch <laughs> on, that that Okana never shows up again.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. good
1: or yeah. bad, Luxwana is going to be in a lot of other episodes, um, and, and I was trying to think. So Q's been in four episodes, three, four episodes. Um, he was in after encounter,
0: Farpoint, Hyde, and Q. Well,
1: more um, than two is all I guess I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know that there's another character of this level, you know, secondary, tertiary car- character maybe, that has been on twice. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the only ones I could think of were the guys in Conspiracy that had shown up once and then showed up in Conspiracy. And they're yeah. dead now. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Dead. Everyone else, like, the tertiary <laughs> they characters. They got exploded. Like, yeah.
1: So at this point, she's the most important person realistically off the ship other than Q. Mm-hmm. And that's big for a, a series that is really not thinking much about continuity um or thinking much about the backstory of their characters and then we had um the icarus factor a while ago and i pitched the idea that 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 one is watchable because it shows that riker's dad is kind of a jerk and it's okay because lots of people are kind of a jerk and the reactions of troy here of, of deanna are interesting because it's this you know it's when you're family comes and visits you at college and you're even though you love your family you are kind of embarrassed by them sometimes when they start acting up in front of your friends and that's what is happening to Deanna here it's a really interesting familial play here that is um relatable in a lot of ways Um, when you have this you know this parent that you um that isn't acting the way maybe you think they should which is what Deanna is seeing yeah um but it's also an arc right that that the, the way you could think about Luxwana is this arc that we're talking about that is a long payoff. Um, and she's been on Haven, and that was horrible, and I agree that you should skip that one. But the question is, are you going to skip all of L- Luxwana, or do you have to watch one at some point and get her in this universe? And this is not a bad one for that.
2: You could watch, you could start with this, or you could start with Menage a Troy, which I think, mm. then you, it establishes a whole bunch of stuff about the Ferengi two and uh, and the relationship between Riker and I guess uh, I remember and that and one Troy. being
1: bad, but I remember this one being bad too, so yeah. um, I think this is not a bad place to start and have that Luxwana arc. And, and it's an interesting arc in that a lot of the characters they've put out here so far are perfect or near-perfect people. And... Luxwanatri is flawed in a lot of ways, and her arc is good because she overcomes a lot of these flaws and opens up to a lot of people. She, she in DS9, humanizes one of the least human characters we will ever have, uh, Odo, um, the farthest from human character, perhaps, in any of the series. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's an interesting arc. And I mean, perfect characters don't get good arcs, and Luxwana Troy is not a perfect character, Uh, but she has a good arc. So I I have to say watch here. This is the place maybe that you just have to start with some Luxwana.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I I hadn't thought of that angle. I think I came into this thinking I was probably going to say watch to my own surprise uh i'm a
1: little surprised too but
0: yeah yeah. but but and i'm definitely still there Uh, it's a watch for me and i think it's also the other dimension that i'd like to 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 in my own defense i guess uh you can send your hate (laughs) messages to all the places we we mentioned before um I, I think Oslick at sci- Hi-Fi Sci-Fi <laughs> 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 He'll be uh-huh. like You're right I tried to tell them um, <laughs> No I think what What is also interesting Is that um, The effect that she has While the character Is sometimes Not always my favorite To watch The effect that she has To the people around them Is what's Really actually important um, and by her appearance makes the other characters uh, by association more human um, you see you see people who I mean honestly Star Trek The Next Generation when it started was just too weird because I think Roddenberry gave them a lot of notes about like well they're, they're space people and they're perfect and I think this episode does a lot in a very short amount of time to drive home the fact that yeah they're 24th century humans and they're evolved and they're advanced but they're still humans there's a lot of heart in this episode there's a lot of humanity in this episode um you see people who are are doing their best they're they're doing very well for themselves but they're still people and they still got some flaws and i find that fascinating because that becomes more common but this is kind of this is one of the few episodes i can remember in season one or two where you're like that is how people would react because this situation is bananas um, <laughs> and also I think the other, th- the other added effect of having Troy's mother around is that She is a perfect echo To the character of Deanna Troy You suddenly understand a hell of a lot More about who Deanna Troy is When you meet her mother um, and, and their relationship Frames that perfectly Deanna loves her mother She would do literally anything for her She also can barely stand to have her in the same room That's a very authentic Relationship um and it's played very well and it, it makes you understand why Deanna Troy has chosen to live the life that she lives um it you you meet her her mom you know barrels into the room and you're like, huh I get it <laughs> you know <laughs> like and so I think yeah. I think that's also working in its favor so yeah for me it's a it's a watch I I just I wound up liking this one a hell of a lot more than I thought I would that I than I even remember I guess, which is kind of fun so. Two against uh, one. Sorry, we beat up on you, especially since. You're Man, we've guest. been
2: beating up guests recently. This is, uh... <laughs> Come on, our show. We'll You guys tell... sound so proud of yourselves. I mean. No, no, I feel bad. I feel bad. <laughs>
0: he's gonna he's gonna jump off this Skype call, and he's gonna be like, "Man, we got him good." So. Uh...
1: I mean, I well, you are friends with Jason Navarro, who we kind of started this with, with uh, a conspiracy back. Back a while ago. Yeah,
0: so. like if you are feeling bad, go into the archives, pull up conspiracy, and you'll you'll feel much better about it. But yeah, I
1: think Jason definitely oh, felt yeah. a lot worse than you in that one.
2: Yeah. So. Oh, I don't feel bad. <laughs> I just I just know I'll be vindicated when we do Monage Troy. Oh, yeah. Next season, that's the high watermark of Madcap Adventures <laughs> with us. Uh, you know, with Dame Ed, uh, uh what's her name, the anti mame. Like, um, <laughs> like it, it, and it's a fun little thing. And unfortunately, Wesley saves the day. But it's like I think that's the better one of the two. If you had to like start anywhere, gotcha. would be that one.
0: Well, and I, anyway. I look forward to that conversation. When we I look forward
1: back. to the one where Wes falls in love with a candle.
2: <laughs> no, no, that's, it's that's, that, that's season 8. That's season 8.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um Oslick, thank you very much for uh for joining us. Uh is there You're anything welcome. on the internet that you would like to uh to mention or steer people towards? Um
2: Oh, you know, I mean, I'm on the internet.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> As we <laughs> all are. I don't know
2: if you can find me. Uh-huh. Um you know, I you l- just follow me on any one of these things because why? I mean, why else I say dumb things. Uh, I think last time we talked depression. about pictures of food. And oh uh, yeah, I g- you know I gave up. I gave that up, but um, <laughs> but I'm still on. I still am on. Um, and I will uh occasion if you if you're friends with me, I may send you uh, uh links to cat, uh, uh photos that I like, <laughs> um, Perfect. and if you follow me on Twitter, uh, I don't know. That's a plug right there (laughs) Uh, Until
0: next time I'm Jason I'm Paul And uh, holy cow You drank all my blue juice (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Refreshing